Hello everybody and welcome and this is the Midnight McBride show, show number 38 and this week's show is called Our Personal Trainers, Key Workers. It's the first time in the show title it's been posed as a question because this is what we're going to debate and my special guest is no stranger to the show, she's been on before, uh, Sally Bolton. Hello. Hey Sally. How are you? I'm, I'm good thanks. Good. I'm good. We uh Fortunately, this show will be edited later, so they won't know the rude jokes that you've been telling prior to starting the <laughs> no show. No idea what you're talking about, Patrick. No idea. No. <laughs> so, how are you doing? All things considered, I'm actually pretty good. Thank good. you. Yeah, you seem yes. in good spirits. Yeah. yeah, well, you've got one choice. You can go one way or another, can't you? So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I was quite keen to do this show for a number of reasons. Yeah. And I've done... Two shows recently with Becky Jones from Elements and Nutrition, a former molecular biologist. And we're looking at what we've been told about COVID in that show. And, you know, I'm using statistics from government websites and mainstream media. We debated that, you know, it's our opinions. And I believe it's every human's right to, <laughs> to do that, you know, to have a to question things. In this show, slightly different. We're going to talk about what you're doing now as well. It's quite yep. exciting. You've got some things you're doing. Yeah. But also, we wanted to talk about, let's assume that everything you're being told is correct. The mainstream narrative being given by the government is correct. Yeah. Is it being managed well? So mm -hmm. we're going to say, for example, yes, there is a problem, you know, with COVID and but how it's being dealt with. And that's sure. more of the sort of what we're going to do in this show, mm -hmm. how it's being dealt with. Yeah. Now, before we get to that, Sally, we'll talk about a few things. <laughs> and what I'm going to do now is nicely, politely ask Noel, the editor, to just show a picture for a moment. <laughs> all right, that'll be your match picture with the two of you. Okay, now I'm all, I'm all hot, <laughs> hot under the collar. <laughs> Maybe tell us a little bit about that picture, Sally. Okay, so that was back in, I can't remember the exact year now, but I know I was 38 going on 39. And I had... It's about 12 years ago. Sure you, <laughs> I had just split up with a boyfriend of mine and yeah. I uh, I took myself off to Spain for a couple of weeks. Kind of wanted to get away from my, my uh, workplace because he was part of the workplace as well. And uh, yeah, I took myself off for a few few weeks and just thought, you know, that's what I do. That's my, we've talked about this before, yep. training is like my meditation. It's how I kind of release. Yeah, we'll talk as well massively about how mental health's connected with physical exercise. Absolutely, absolutely. Know. So I went to Spain, uh, went to a friend's place. And of course, we all know that vitamin D is a, a really good healer as well. Yeah. Just took some time out, trained, um, came back and then... I knew that I wanted to do a photo shoot and I'd previously seen the picture, which is the top picture. And I was just trolling through the internet one, one evening and it just, I just came across it by chance mm. and it instantly just wowed me. That's yeah. what I thought about the picture. Yeah. I thought that's stunning. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful pose, yeah. isn't it? And it really accentuates certain parts of buttocks, legs, whatever. It's, it's a beautiful pose. And yeah. the woman at the top, clearly an athlete of some kind, you know, yeah. yeah, have you seen how bendy her back is? Like that? Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. she's really arched her back. Yeah, she? she's yeah. extremely flexible. I clearly didn't get quite the same flexibility. Yeah. The pose itself, um, 
I ended up doing with uh, an amazing photographer called Lydia Taylor-Jones, who's yeah. won awards for her photography. She's mainly weddings and children's portraits, so she's really talented. She'd previously done some shoots with me prior to that. And she was kind of, at the time, she was the only one that I would trust with this. And she was excited about it because she doesn't do this kind of stuff. So I went along that day, um, uh, clearly not many clothes because it was a... <laughs> It was pretty much a naked shoe. Yes. Oh, I had, did have some underwear on to start with. Uh, but that was the pose that was going for. That was the shot that I wanted to get. And mm-hmm. then there was lots of other stuff that happened, yeah. you know, after yeah. that. Um, but it, it's... Um, it was very hard to actually replicate because believe it or not, that pose was, was really difficult. So I was lay there on the floor. Um, she had to put something soft under my elbow because I was like, me obviously had yeah. a lot of pressure on my elbow. And you can't hear me, but I'm going, Lydia, Lydia, just hurry up, Lydia. She's going, hold it there, hold it there. <laughs> but it's, it was great fun, yeah. It's a really striking photo. <clears throat> I only mentioned it today, we're discussing it, because you'd recently reposted it. So I'd seen the picture for the first time. Yeah. And I saw the picture and I went, ooh la la. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, well, when I first saw the original, I obviously felt, I just fell in love with it. Because that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I thought it's just really beautiful. And this is relevant now because you've recently expressed interest in uh, another photographer who was looking at doing some naked pictures, a photo yeah. shoot, and he chose you. Yeah, I think they've chosen a few ladies, obviously, but it was just a um, an announcement on Facebook that I answered, um, saying, you know, we're looking for females because they're they're a, they're a female boudoir photographers anyway. But they I like that word, boudoir. Boudoir. It's very kind yes. of sexy, lingerie, a cellador, <laughs> French. What a beautiful language. Oh la la, boudoir. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they, that's their thing anyway. But they're wanting to to kind of branch out. Let them do this art nude. So it's different lighting, different poses. Um, so I just replied, put a comment on, and there were literally thousands on there already. And I get a yeah. phone call this week going, "Hi, Horn, <laughs> you've been chosen." Yeah. So I was like, "All right." Um, so it's kind of come at a good time for me because um, although I don't ever really take my eye off the ball, it's just given me a refocus whilst we're in yeah. lo- lockdown, obviously, um, to, to kind of make sure that I'm really looking after myself over the next four weeks or whenever yeah. whenever I end up doing it. I think. The, the right term for that is art, because th- yeah. that's it. It's a really well-composed, structured picture, the one I've seen. Yeah. And, and that's what you're aiming for, and that's what this next shoot will be as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. You know? And I've always Pe- said... A lot of people assume you know clothes on, and it's, it's you know, pornographic or something mm. like that. And not at all. Yeah. You know, no, but- not at all. And there's two things. Uh, one, I think the female bodies is really beautiful regardless of shape or size. I quite like just... it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you now? Yes. yes. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I was a big fan of Got Kwan when he did his show, like How to Look Good Naked. Yeah, and he it. was fantastic with what he did. And I always really thought that was an amazing thing to do because you could see these women just, just absolutely come into their own again and like and just feel that sexiness, that that, that confidence. Yeah. And I think I think every woman should have an opportunity to be able to feel like that as well and you know people said to me oh god you're really brave doing that and I said you know what it's actually really liberating to do something like that and the first shoot that I've done I've done other naked photo shoots since Patrick Um, okay this is a bit of a thing of mine (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't think we covered that in the pre-show chat did we (laughs) um but I felt hugely liberated and empowered after I'd done it and it was done in the most professional way and the you know the shots that came out of that were 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 beautiful in my my opinion and yeah. and nothing seedy or sexy or you know 
I, I mean, I can only... I haven't done a naked photo shoot, but... Well, maybe I, you should. Uh, mm, <laughs> uh, not that it would bother me, I just... Yeah. I, yeah. But what I did is I did a show with Colin Unsworth here, uh, Mr Mushroom, and the second show, we filmed it, it was called The Naked Truth, and we filmed it naked. Now, I am by no means in particularly good shape or anything, I don't think I'm something I'm not, but it was really important for me... Everything I say is based on the fact that you shouldn't worry about what other people think. Mm. We're all beautiful and sparks of divinity and connected mm. to source. And so it's really important that I was able to do that, yeah. you know, to show the people that it, it doesn't matter what you look like, really. You know, it's, yeah. you need to embrace where you are, what you're at, love yourself. And there's nothing wrong, obviously, at, you know, improving yourself and striving for things is great. But also it's very important to appreciate where you're at. Yeah. Love yourself. Exactly. And you know that that's, well, that's, you know, my, mm. my business is Eat, Train, Love and love stands for love yourself. Yeah. Um, and no matter, and I know it's really hard for women particularly because they're the, I, I work more with females than I do men, but I do work with quite a few men and they feel it too, but it's really hard for women to, to, to feel confident and love themselves. Um, and so I think doing something like this, which is what Curves Photography is all, are all about, they're all about empowering and making the woman feel sexy and, you know, giving yeah. them that um, bit of time because you get pampered, you get full makeover. So I'm going to have my hair done, yeah. my makeup done. And oh, I think maybe it's... I will do one of these shoots. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I just think it's a really, I just think it's a really lovely thing to do. I think it's it's a great thing to do for your, you know, your confidence as yeah. well, and and feel good. And you should you should celebrate your body. Well, let's be honest, it's the most natural thing in the world, isn't it? Your body, it's, you know, it's like why not celebrate it? Yeah. And I, I'm not, you know, fifteen, sixteen stone and muscly and pumped up on steroids like I used to be. And I can run a hundred miles, but physically I've got wobbly bits and I don't look great, you know. But also is that's great too, you know. So that's show why me I... someone that hasn't got wobbly bits, though, Patrick. We've all yeah. got wobbly bits. But so I did the show anyway. I did it naked, and it was all about not giving a shit about what you look like. Yeah, you know, and yeah, just accept self acceptance and self love, yeah. which is what you're all about. I think it'd be a good point actually, just to if somebody hasn't watched the first show you did, which yeah. was show number seventeen, yes. by the way, yes, quite a while ago now, and we filmed it. I think on the 23rd of July mm. and it aired. I've got the date here, one minute. Yeah. We filmed it on the 23rd of July and it actually aired on the 13th of August. And when we did that show, maybe we'll just tell people you're a health and fitness coach and you're also the founder of what's called Eat, Train, Love, which is a play on words from the movie as well, but it illustrates yeah. the fact that you're not just about squats the exercise the physical aspect it's a holistic approach yeah 100 percent um and obviously we talked about this in the last show but you know you can't have one without the other so it's eat it's eat fresh um train smart and then and then love yourself so what i do is is kind of a very holistic approach to someone's health and fitness and mental well-being yeah and within that then you obviously accept and know, which is where we're going to go with this in a minute, is that the mind is massively important and connected to the body and physical health. Yeah. And for me, any endurance sport, once I'm one hour in, if I'm running, for instance, go up in the mountains, uh, mountains, go up in the hills, and I'm doing some trail running, one hour in, I focus on my breath, all my problems disappear, mm. I have mm. clarity, I have focus, yeah. I feel good, <clears throat> exerting yourself. Yeah. So 
mental health is um, has a direct correlation with exercise. Hundred percent. You can't you can't split them apart. They are completely no. interdependent of each other. And we said in the pre-show chat, if I don't exercise on a regular basis, if I can't go out and run or, or do whatever that exercise is for that person, yeah. but for me it's running. Yeah. If I can't do that, and there was a while ago, and recently there was a period for a while where I couldn't do that, I I become agitated. Mm. I become restless. I can't concentrate. I can't focus. I'm not nice to be around. I don't sleep well. Yeah. I start eating the wrong foods. It all goes sideways. And absolutely. I'm not at my best, mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. I, and even struggle mentally. Yeah, you know? absolutely. 100%. Yeah, that's a that's a really important point is that it's not just exercise for the sake of wanting to look good and have a six pack and, you know, big yeah. biceps. It's kind of irrelevant and certainly none of the people that I work with, that, that's really an issue. Of course, everyone wants to look good and feel good, but it's all those other things that you've just mentioned there, which yeah. are really, really important. For me, the primary goal for doing something is, uh, you know, you want to be healthy, but is to feel good. And quite often on that path, looking good is part of that. Yeah. So, so that's fine, you know, looking, doing exercise to look good because you feel good, yeah. because you have confidence and yeah. you and your, um, your energy levels are up and socially, you know, you're more open. I know when you don't feel good quite often, you don't want to go out and you don't want Absolutely. to talk to people. And yeah, so, it's a big deal. Yeah. So the title of the show are Personal Trainers Key Workers. Mm. You actually have experienced some mental health issues in the past with depression. Personally, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like me, you're, you're on the right side of it now and... Mm. I like to think I am, although I still have dips and bad days sometimes. Yep, yep. But we have experienced, been on the other side of this, and mental health for me is massively important, in some ways more important than physical health. Yeah. However, your physical health and exercise have a direct correlation to the mental health. Yeah. So although for me your mental health is more important, a way to fix that is your physical health. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. this is the equation that for yep. some reason people aren't necessarily putting together. Yep, yep. And... To class at certain people as key workers, physios are now key workers, yeah. you know, uh, dentists, nurses, certain scientists, etc. Yeah. These are all people that are there when you're not well. Yes. Surely, surely it is better to maintain your health and then you don't end up in that situation with that scenario. Yep. The maintenance should always come first. The maintenance is more important. If you're eating the right food, around the right people, getting the right advice, nutrition, and exercising and you feel good, you're probably not going to end up at the doctor, with the nurse, or in the hospital. Consequently, and if you're exercising correctly, you won't need the physio. Mm. Consequently, if you're concerned about the NHS and you believe everything you're being told, then... Surely that is a way to alleviate the pressures and stress that the NHS are apparently under. So it's critical. It's key. It's important. It's more important than the bit. This is the last resort. Yeah. The important bit is stay healthy. Yeah. Stay healthy. So to then close gyms, to stop people seeing the personal trainers, yeah. especially if it's on a one-to-one -one basis, is crazy. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, this is the... The argument, debate that's going on amongst a lot of people at the moment, I know there's been a lot of lobbying uh, with regards yeah. to, you know, gyms staying open. And there's been this petition that 
You've signed, I've signed. Yeah, I think when I looked this morning, it was on about 583,000. So that's well over half a million now. So there's over half a million people in this country right now that believe gyms should remain open. And I think, you know, if we're going to talk about personal trainers for a minute and talk about what you're talking about, key workers, I think there's this um, misconception about what a personal trainer is. Yeah. Um, And it just for myself and my trusty colleagues that you know I've worked with uh, over the years and know of personal trainers maybe had a bad reputation in the past but trust me the kind of work that we're doing with our own clients out there is stuff that no one else is doing yeah. you know we're we're doing it as like we're doing everything. We're looking after the, the the nutrition. We're looking after the physical health. We're looking after the mental health. Yeah. It's like you tell me another job where all three is being done yeah. by the same person. Yeah. Stuart Cosgrove, when he was in, who's a former uh, Mr. Universe competitor, former Mr. Great Britain, Mr. Britain, he said that a massive part is when his clients come in and his patients that eventually become his friends quite often is the talk. It's mm. the advice. It's mm. sort of therapy as well. Yeah. So... You're giving people advice, they come in and although they're doing exercise, they're talking to you while they're doing it, they're yeah. telling you about their lives, they're asking about, you know, is this good to eat, is this not yeah. good to eat? They're asking about, talking about maybe the the rest of the life, you know, drinking, the sleep patterns, everything. Everything. Every, everything. It's a whole package. You're there to improve the health and fitness and health covers everything, your yeah. mental health, your well-being. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's, you know, just to... You, you know, just confirm what you said there. Like, I'm just take, thinking about my own clients and I know the rest of my colleagues out there feel the same. It's like, it's not just a personal training session. There's so much more behind the scenes in that situation. You know, I've got clients that have come off antidepressants and that have been training with me for X amount of years. Um, and they put that completely down to the fact that they spend those three hours a week coming to see me. It's completely separate from the rest of their lives. It's a very personal one-on-one -on -one situation. They come in and talk about my... If you knew the amount of secrets that I have about people, uh, you know? <laughs> I can imagine. Yes. <laughs> but they offload. Yeah. And, and, I, and they sometimes they apologise. I'm like, that's part of my job. That, it's not even a job. That's part of why I'm here. Is to allow you that opportunity to offload, to, to pose a few questions, to get you thinking about looking at things from a different perspective to help you train whilst you're here, because that's what we're here for, yeah. you know, to feel good, you get those endorphins kicking in. But also, you know, are you on are you on track? Are you, are you hydrating enough? Are you, are you eating enough? And it's all of those things, yeah. you know, that you, it's not just, they don't just come in for 45 minutes, an hour, and and, tr and, and do some exercise and leave. No. <laughs> There's a lot no. more that goes on behind the scenes. Does the, with lockdown, people are quite often in a small space, children that are normally out, playing out or, mm. you know, outside, going to parties, whatever. You've got parents that would be out at work. A lot of them are working from home. Sometimes it's very difficult because there's no room and one's got the kitchen table, one's got the mm -hmm. dining room table yeah. if there is two tables, one's in the spare room. You've got teenagers and young people that would normally be at college doing other things. All these people are then in a small space. Yeah. And to give somebody that outlet, if yeah. they're not coping very well, yeah. to, to go out, to talk to somebody, to exercise to some social aspects because obviously they're closing pubs and everything else as yeah. well. 
I, like I say, I mean, I'm entitled to my opinion and yeah. I think it's crazy. Yeah. You know. Do you know, there was, um, I saw someone post a, a, a picture on my Facebook yesterday and it was a picture of a set of plates, you know, the weighted plates in the gym. And it just said, uh, the government have taken away my coping mechanism without asking me if I can cope. And I just yeah. thought, yeah. because, you know, we're talking a lot about... Um, you know, children and their mental health and having that ability because they're still at school, which I fully, you know, I think children's mental health is so important and we've been speaking about this as yeah. well. But also adults' mental health is just as important. And if there's yeah. nowhere else for adults to go at the moment but to go to a gym when they can be part of a community, where they can go and exercise, where they can have that release yeah. of endorphins, like... I don't, I, I'm finding it very, very difficult to understand, yeah. you know, what the difference is. And, and there's, there's, there's different layers of this. You've got training one-on-one, -on -one, which yeah. for me is zero risk, as far as I can see. <laughs> then you've got a gym. Now, assuming you're following the official narrative and believe the information you've been given, I've made it clear I, I don't agree with what we're being told. But let's say you do, because yeah. that's what this show is doing. You yeah. know? My views there aren't necessarily your views or anybody else's. And... I made that very clear, you know, my opinions. I did it with Becky. Yeah. Becky did the show and it was great. And she, she's, you know, a molecular biologist yeah. and an expert in that field. I have my views. Becky doesn't necessarily agree with all my views, but yeah. we can still do the show. Yeah. So let's assume you do believe the official narrative. The information you've been given is correct. Mm. Then I still don't see why a gym can't stay open. You know, people, if they choose to do so and they want to follow these guidelines and these businesses, it's they've spent a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of people have spent a lot of money exactly. on fulfilling the criteria to stay open, to satisfy the new guidelines exactly. with crosses on the floor, yeah. with screens, with yeah. separation, with marks, with arrows. They've done all this Everything. and then they're closing it again. Yeah. Well, if they've done that and they've spent all this money and then they're going to pull the plug again, you know, I... I it's crazy. And what, what's crazy for me is, you know, you can get the medicine. So when you're really ill, you can have the pharmaceutical, yeah. the big pharma. Yeah. But what we won't do is allow you the opportunity to do the exercise <laughs> yeah. and keep a healthy mind yeah. so that you don't need to so you don't need to go tablets, to get... <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's what they say, isn't it? Prevention is better than cure. It's yeah. like let people continue to exercise. Along with that goes, you know, because it's we all know that when you're exercising regularly, it gives you that motivation to eat better. Yeah. yeah? So that's a simple formula there. You know, therefore, they're probably going to be looking after themselves a lot better. Yeah. Therefore, if they are, if their health is in check, they're less likely. I'm not saying that they won't catch anything because we all do from time to time, but less likely to have yeah. further serious implications. When I exercise, yeah. I generally eat better because when I'm unhappy, I'm miserable and I don't go out, I eat rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. So when I exercise, I eat better. But yeah. the key thing for me, which is pivotal, is when I exercise, I sleep well. Yeah. And when I sleep well... My body gets correct rest. Mm -hmm. My mind gets correct rest. Mm -hmm. It dreams. It releases all the subconscious thoughts in, yeah. in the way it's designed to do so. I wake up. I'm full of energy. Yeah. I feel good. I'm nice to be around. Yeah. I'm, I'm a better person when I sleep well. And I sleep well when I exercise. Exactly. No exercise. Overthink everything. Don't sleep well. There is a prolifera of other problems that then appear 
because I'm not getting correct rest. Exactly. And, yeah. and you know, I've seen my own health decline when I've not been on my A game, when I've not been, you know, I and mean, some people call it obsessive, whatever you are. I just like to look after myself. I like to move my body every day. I like to put good food into my body. Um, I still have the odd treat. We've talked about this before as well. I'm all about the chocolate. Don't yes, get me wrong. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I've seen my own health decline and my mental health decline when I haven't been doing that. Yeah. So, you know. You should do a cacao ceremony at some point with Liam Brown, who's done the last couple of shows. Before yeah. Becky, he did two shows for me. And that is the, you know, the pure... What the chocolate, Yeah, what yeah. the chocolate's made out of. Yeah. Uh, but the, in its purest form with all the other parts of it, the, yeah. the chemicals and stuff that are in it, natural, that occur naturally. And it's from South America. Yeah. And yeah, you go on a... It's a plant medicine and you go on a bit of a journey. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know? so I'd love to. <laughs> I, I, I did a ceremony a few weeks back with him and it was brilliant. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. He's a funny guy, Liam. Yeah. Shout I, out to Liam if you yeah, watch this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a top guy. He's become a, a good friend. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I don't know if you'd seen Sally, but there was... We knew in Liverpool... There was a guy at a gym and he turned up with armed police. A lot of people have seen this video on YouTube and stuff. Yes, it trying went to viral. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're trying to shut him down. He not only got rid of the police yeah. eventually, but he got it overturned, the decision, yeah. and he got all the gyms in Liverpool open again. Do you know what? I was the same as you when I saw it. Um, and first of all, I really, you can just tell when he's been interviewed. Like this guy, and he said himself, it's not about the money, it's about. You know, I've seen other gym owners now come up and say it's so their moral obligation to their members because yeah. they know, we all know, right? it's for the benefit of people's mental health and physical health, right? That's a given. Um, but you could just see the passion and, you yeah. know, I wasn't doing it about that. And I all, all like power to him because I thought what he did was incredible. And he did it with the most amount of integrity as well. That's it. And it was just... Calm, peaceful, exactly. correct, civil... Treating everybody very nicely. Yeah, very um, eloquent in what he was trying to get across, but mm. so integral. And I just thought, yeah, you're, you're a good guy. You're a really good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your post, Sally. Right. So <laughs> I, well, I actually put my own post up on my own personal page. Um, this was a few weeks ago when we were potentially going to tier three and there was all that arguments going on. And I just wrote a post up about how I felt about it. It was really just a letter to... Um, the government and I was just breaking down all the all the kind of clients that we help yep. and, and, uh, but um, I've since seen um, a video that Chris our local MP Chris Green has just put up yeah Chris obviously Green. he was against lockdown yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I watched the video I made a comment about uh, saying that personal trainers and coaches should be considered as key workers. And then yeah. I went on to make a few other comments yeah. and he, he's actually replied to it and said, would you Brilliant. please send me an email uh, just outlining the impact because the more evidence I have, the obviously the better it is. Yeah. So I'm now in the process of drafting an email and that's going to be sent to Chris over the weekend yeah. uh, because uh, I just, I know there's lots of other people out there that are fighting for this, but I kind of feel right now, similar to you, I need to say something. I can't just sit back because I think it's really important. And I do what I do because I, I have a genuine purpose and passion. And if I didn't say something, if I have the potential to, to actually make a difference, then I, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Yeah. So. I made that decision a few weeks ago and I've alienated some people. I've had a lot of criticism. 
and all I'm doing is speaking my mind. Yeah. But I'm going to continue to do so. You know, yeah. I'll try and do it in a, a nice way. But I feel very passionately about what's happening in the minute. Yeah. And I don't agree with it. I yeah. don't agree with it. Yeah. You know, how else do you say it? I do not agree with how this is being managed and dealt with. I actually don't agree with the information we're being given yeah. either, but that's a different thing. I'll just tell you a quick story, actually. Sure. I've not told you this, but um, my mum, when, when I was a, a little girl, so back in the 80s, she was at the forefront of a very small action group called Save Our More, M-O-O-R, and it was about um, stopping the army the actual army from taking over a lot more of the moorland that they had over at Holcombe Brook. Um, they already had some, which is where the Krypton Factor is, if you remember the Krypton Factor from TV. Um, but they were wanting to take over a lot more of the moorland. Anyway, cut a long story short, um, this went on for a grueling five years. And my mum was interviewed by Panorama. They were interviewed wow. by... Uh, it's in your blood. It's in your blood. <laughs> well, that's my point, right? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm channeling my, my mother's, you know... Uh, strength right now so yeah. yeah do you know in Bolton we have a history of here of standing up for our rights and I'll give you one example if you go up off Scout Road over the tops there there's a footpath I walk up regularly that takes you up to Winter Hill I know, the and, path. I know exactly the path and there's a sign up and it tells you that on this year and I can't remember the year unfortunately I think it was 10,000 people because they were going to close these rights of way and mm. 10,000 people walked along the path that yeah. day in yeah. protest. Yeah. I thought that was fantastic, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. She won, by the way. Your mum? Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I'll give you a couple of key points, though, I think, with businesses. I can understand why some businesses now are going to try and stay open, yeah. which is going against the guidelines, yeah. because... If they close now, they're going to go bankrupt anyway. Yeah. So they're going to risk the fines. Mm. Also, something else I'd just like to point out, and that is, which I said on the last show, is this track and trace costs 12 million quid and it's it's not worked. A lot of the contracts have gone to, been awarded to certain companies, which is very dubious. Mm. But that 12 billion, simply give that to the NHS if you think that they're under pressure. Yeah. Problem solved. Mm. Problem solved. <laughs> Easy, isn't it? I should rule this country, you know. <laughs> yeah. Kill Patrick. <laughs> yeah, we'd all be doing ayahuasca. <laughs> Lots more meditation. We'd all yeah. be really chilled out, though, wouldn't we? We would. <laughs> and I'd like to give a big shout out to Chris Green, who's the Bolton MP, who wrote a letter and resigned yeah. because he said the way this was being managed yeah. was incorrect and brilliant. And when I do this, it's not a symbol of aggression or violence. This comes from originally from Nelson Mandela, yeah. and it simply illustrates a point. It's not a fist point in this way. It's a close fist. And on its own, one person, one finger can be easily broken. It can be easily moved or manipulated. When you stand together, you're much stronger, and it's a symbol of unity. That's what it is. Also, a big shout-out to Andy Burnham, who... It's the first time in a long time, and they're both Northern, by the way, the mayor and the MP, that I've got some admiration for now. I think the political system is corrupt to the core. I don't think you can be in politics and not be corrupt. It's the nature of that industry, shall we call it an industry. Mm. And they put my faith back in the system. Mm. I felt inspired. Mm. Andy Burnham deciding that he wasn't going to take it lying down mm. and standing up. And I think that is a was a great example you know and yeah a lot of admiration for both of them chris mm. green and andy burnham so right on unity that's it <laughs> unity <laughs> i don't know if you saw the other day sally but there was actually a 
think it was yesterday, it might have been. I don't know if you saw, though, I saw it today, that there was a bright orange or pink tank driven down, I think, Whitehall and ended up parked outside the Houses of Parliament with four big muscular guys sat on from Liverpool saying, <laughs> save our gyms written on it. And I just thought, Brilliant. yeah, because it's it's not a threat. They painted it bright orange. It's clearly a joke. It's yeah. not menacing. Yeah. That's why a guy that did the show, Ben Atkinson, climbed up Big Ben and he did it dressed as Boris Johnson in fancy dress because, you know, you're not going to get shot then. They don't think you're a terrorist. They know that you're... <laughs> Uh, probably a bit of a nutcase. Yeah, an activist, <laughs> shall we say. And for the same reason, this tank is painted bright pink or bright orange. Yeah. It's, it's not a threat, it's just a symbol to illustrate a point, you know. And uh, I thought it was great. You've got to love yeah. our Scouse Hi- friends, haven't you, really? Highly inconvenient for <laughs> the police because they were writing tickets and they were laughing and they weren't bothered. Yeah. You know, and they just parked it right outside and sat on it. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah we're illegally parked. <laughs> Finals. <laughs> so, yeah, that oh. made me laugh. Yeah, that's kind of kind of thing some of us need right now, isn't it? Just a little bit of lightheartedness. Yeah. <laughs> Maintenance, not treatment. I think that's where we're going with this, that life is far better when you have a healthy lifestyle, you know, when you when you live, when you're happy, when you eat well, when you exercise, yeah. rather than doing none of those things and inevitably listening to fear and propaganda, being pumped through televisions all the time, repetitively, yeah. becoming ill, being frightened of everything that's happening in the world at the minute, yeah. and ended up needing medication. Yeah. You know, let's let's not end up on the pills. Let's do the exercise. Absolutely. Again, you know, prevention is better than cure. Let's all start moving better, eating better, sleeping better, managing our stress, you know, connection, which we've not really, been, you know, touched on that much today, but connection is so important. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of stripping that out of everyone at the moment, you know, stay indoors and don't see anybody. Yeah, exactly. I, I say, you know, when people are wearing masks, you hide the smile and, you know, happiness Joy is infectious. If you see somebody smile, you ape them. Mm. You smile. And you cover your smile. And I don't know if you're smiling or not. And eventually, I stop smiling. And before we know it, the smile has disappeared. And this joy has gone out of people's lives. And that has a massive impact and effect on people's mental health. It's really important to see somebody's face, to communicate, to connect. And I say like a, a battery. One battery can power a remote control for your telly. A thousand batteries all together can power a car. Mm. We are all energetic beings. We all have an electromagnetic field. Mm. We interact with each other on this level constantly. You know, if you've been to a festival or you've seen your friends or you've been in the company of somebody that makes you feel good, it lifts your spirits. Absolutely. And everything that's happening at the minute is killing the human spirit. It's oppressing everybody. There's a reason why... Somebody that's been sent to prison, then the harshest punishment they can give them, this criminal, is isolation. isolation. Because you start going crazy. Yep. You know, we need human contact. It's as important as food and water. Basic human need is love and connection. Yeah. And we're just saying no to that right now, or we're really pulling it back. We've been asked with the guidelines, being asked to socially distance yeah. and to stay indoors and to disconnect, and not to see the people we love, and to cover your face up, put a mask on, you know, and I don't agree with any of that. Mm. Just just to kind of like, I was out on a dog walk with Cooper this morning, beautiful day, I was up in Rivington, and I made a, a 
a pact with myself that today, I'm pretty much quite sociable anyway, but today of all days, I'm going to smile and say hello to every single person that I came past. And do you know what? I got exactly the same response back. I do it. I've been out before and if I go on a run, I might pass, say, some days I might only pass one person, it yeah. depends when I'm running, but other times I might pass 30 or 40 people. Yeah. Every single person I pass gets a, good morning, yeah. hello, <laughs> how are you doing? He's like a radio DJ. Yeah. He's mental. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, and I give it, and you want to see people just go, ding. I know. And they light up, because I'm giving them this love. Exactly. And it was like extra energy today, so it's like, I am going to make someone else smile back, even if they don't want to. And every, every single, there was a couple of people that were a little bit more reluctant, but you know what? Nine times out of 10, you yeah. got a big smile and a yeah. hello back. And you don't realise that little spark of yeah. joy that you just give somebody by smiling and just giving a little, little injection of positive energy. That person could be miserable, they could be suicidal, they could be depressed. Exactly. And you might be the person that just lifts the spirits, you know, exactly. makes a difference. And even if somebody's feeling pretty good, it's still nice. Of course it is. Who doesn't like a smile and a wave and a hello? A massive part of being a personal trainer is is the fact that you also provide that energy, that source, that motivation. Yeah. A lot of people I know that train can't really do it without a personal trainer anymore because yeah. they've become accustomed to somebody else helping them, yeah. you know, pushing them. Yeah. It's funny because one of my clients actually said to me last week, people are drawn to you for your energy. Like you instantly are drawn in as soon as you walk in through through the door. Yeah. And, you know, I've had clients come in many a time and go, oh, I feel really crappy today. I don't, I don't want to do it today. I feel really shit today. I'm in a bad mood today. By the time they've gone out, it is my responsibility to make sure to turn that around and give them as much energy as I can, which is why it's really important for me to be full up in the first place, because I yeah. have to, I, you know, I don't have to, but I I yeah. want to give. If your cup isn't overflowing, you've not got something to give somebody else. And when they come and see you, I think that's part of the deal. They want some of your energy. Of course they do. You know? Of course they do. Yeah. So it's, it's part infectious. of my responsibility to make sure that whatever mood they come in, you know, they go out feeling better or, 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 or you know, even more better than when they first came in. So that, that's vital. And that's the importance of the contact as well. Yeah. yeah? Not via Zoom, not through a screen. It's like yeah. person to person. Zoom. <laughs> Zoom. Zoom. I've done one <laughs> Zoom meeting and it wasn't because of the meeting. So the people that were in that meeting will know. And it wasn't pleasant for me. And it's not because of the people in the meeting. Lovely people. The yeah. point is, I do not want to live my life. I don't want to communicate people over a bloody screen. You know what I mean? I I won't do Zoom. Mm. I won't do it. You know, that's a choice I've made and I'm, I'm not doing it. And I think when we start to create this new normal and accept certain things yeah. as a daily part of our life, sometimes there's no going back. Yeah, you know, so Zoom's and, not for me. No, it's not. Look, I'll adapt to some of my clients. Uh, but, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand the intricacies of what we actually do. Um, and, you know, you can still, I can still do my job following the guidelines, but person to person. Yeah. You, does The client 100% gets a lot more out of it than they do via a Zoom session. Well, you don't get your energy over a screen. Yeah. You know, it's, a it's like going a to a concert. Difficult. It's like watching a concert on telly yeah. and going sitting and watching live classical music, which I've done on many occasions yeah. with a chamber orchestra. Yeah. Poo, watch yeah. it on a screen. Nah. Not the same, is it? No, nah, no. And that's not a criticism. Everybody else must, you've got to do in this situation, 
you've got to speak your truth. You've got to listen to your advice and you've got to do what makes you happy. And that's different for everybody. Yeah. And so a lot of people are doing things on Zoom and they're happy and that's fine. Yeah. It's just not for me. Yeah. You know, it affects my mental health if yeah. all I do is see a screen. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I'm going to reiterate a point I made earlier and that is that you've agreed to come on this show and I'm delighted, Sally, but... You don't necessarily share my opinions because I don't want to tie you with my brush with all of my opinions. I'm actually being quite careful and choosing my words carefully on the show, you know. But I have my opinions and not the guests don't necessarily share them. So I'm just, that's your get out clause, Sally. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, how is Cooper? Cooper is the best. Nice. <laughs> Literally the best. Yeah. Cooper, we talked about on the last show and he'd been on TV. Uh, yes. He's also a therapy dog. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I actually had a, a, a dog previous to Cooper called Rudy. She was black uh, Labrador. And whilst I was in Australia, I took her to Australia with me. Um, I had a few comments about her just being really well behaved. So and it, cut a long story short, I got her. They have something called pet partners over there in South Australia. Uh, she went for assessment day. We got qualified and then we got assigned to the mental health ward at the Royal Adelaide Hospital. Um, three weeks later, I went back to the UK. My visa wasn't coming through. When you said we got assigned? Yeah, me what? and Rudy. Yeah, to go into the ward and sit with the patients okay. and spend time with them. All right, I yeah. thought you were sectioned. <laughs> Maybe I should have been, <laughs> well, to be honest. <laughs> I think that's open for debate, isn't it, Sally? Yeah, you're not clear, you're right. No, um, I was not uh, You let me take my dog with me. <laughs> I was not an impatient. No. So anyway, I came back and then my mum had talked about it for years afterwards about... Um, therapy dogs and she because she was a lover of dogs and uh, anyway along came Cooper and then uh, I got Cooper in the July time um, my mum fell really poorly in the September and then she was in the hospice as from January and for her last couple of years uh, sorry last couple of weeks of life um, she was at Bolton Hospice yeah. and I took Cooper in every single day because we were allowed to do that and the they already had their own um Pets as therapy dog assigned um, to Bolton Hospice, but I took Cooper in. And the joy, not only on just the fact that I could take him in and mum could feel a little bit of his energy, but the staff as well. Like he was just like this golden child that yeah. just walked in and just radiated all this energy. So explain something to me though. If he's a therapy dog, mm. how come you have a therapy dog? He had this incredible energy about him as a puppy um, right. and my mum often said you know you know he'd be a great therapy dog because that's kind of what she always wanted yeah. so I, I kind of in honor of my mum really um I just thought yeah I'm gonna do it and he was only nine months old when I got him assessed by the uh, people at Pets of Therapy he got um passed straight away and then um right. Pets of Therapy they have a few projects running across the UK but they basically say once you're assessed and good to go, you can choose where you want to go. So you can go into care home, you can go into hospice, you can go right. into schools. So I chose schools. So they come to you and they say, you know, we've, we we need Coop to go here, there, whatever. You you do these little So visits. once he's qualified and I've got all my little tag and certificate and everything, um, 
we can go and do whatever we like. So I approached a few primary schools right. um, and just said, look, hey, this is kind of what I'd like to do. And then went in a couple to a couple of different schools. And one school in particular I worked with for quite a while. I used to go in once a week and the kids adored him. And it was about engaging with him. Um, kind of, we did some physical activity with him, of course, throwing yeah. a ball and him kind of catching it and coming back and the kids just thought it was amazing but we also had smaller groups of children who would read to him so they took like the children that were um had learning difficulties we took them out of class only for like five ten minutes and a group of them would read a little passage each to cooper yeah but the engagement of the children with the dog yeah they're kind of bypassing the the adults completely um ah, well i do that <laughs> <laughs> we're all kids at heart yeah, aren't we yeah. but the um yeah the 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 I mean, I used to go into the school and it was literally like every single kid was like, it's Cooper, it's Cooper. And it was just like this buzz that he was in. And it was lovely to see. I, I do that. If we're out walking, for example, and I saw somebody who got a dog, I'll automatically I'll be drawn to the dog. I'll yeah. go down, I'll play with the dog, stroke the dog, whatever. And then a couple of minutes later, I'll go, Oh, oh, hello. And, <laughs> no. and I, I, I completely ignore the owner and I don't mean to, but I, yeah. I just. That happens a lot to me. Yeah, yeah a lot. Oh, it's Cooper's mum. <laughs> they, they know Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Not, not so much me. Yeah. What's your name again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Sally. Um, really appreciate you coming in to talk about this. And I know some people are talking about this subject. Some people aren't talking about this subject. Some people are frightened. I think at the very least, we need to start talking about it, express how we feel and have a healthy debate. I think that's the only way forward. Anything else is suppressing how we feel and that leads to problems, as yeah. I as I found out, because I wasn't feeling great a few weeks ago yeah. until I started to say what I thought. Yeah. You know, and I'd spent my life doing that over yeah. the last few years. That's what I'm all about. And yet with this particular yeah. area... I became reluctant to do so because yeah. I knew I'd alienate some of the people that I'd spent a lot of time, you know, building things up. But sod it, you know, it's time now we need to talk about and it. And we're all entitled to our own opinion. Yeah, right or wrong. And I say this regularly as well. I'm I'm frequently wrong and that, yeah. that's okay too, you yeah. know. I'm allowed to have an opinion. I'm allowed to change that opinion. Yeah. But to question things and have an opinion is a basic human right. Mm -hmm. And when that's stifled, which it has been a lot recently, you know, when that's sort of taken away your freedom of speech and your right to question, your right yeah. to have a debate and talk about something, then we need to be really worried, you know. So yeah. it's time to start talking and about And that's it. what we're talking about. We're just questioning what's going on. Yeah, yeah. and debating it. There's, you're sat there, I'm sat here. Yeah. And, you know, we have a mind and we're yeah. going to think about something <laughs> yeah. and we're going to have questions and we're going to want to talk about it. Yeah. And that's all right. It is all right. Yeah. It's all right by me. Yeah, it's all right by me. <laughs> yeah, so Sally... Thank you very much. And we've discussed something, and in the very near future, we're going to do a little project to get two projects together. I know. Aren't we? Uh, and you'll be, I won't say what it is yet because I'm not going to, but we're going to be doing a couple of little projects together as yes. well, filming some stuff, so exciting things. These projects were actually meant to, one of them was meant to happen a while ago. It but was, yeah. Things happened, got in the way, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah, so. It's all going to happen. Awesome. Thanks, Sally. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Okay, folks, I'm going to finish this show off with a quote from my book, From Pills to Peace, and I encourage you all to maybe have a read of it. It's very relevant at the minute. The first chapter is called The Lie, and it's all about what's going on in the world and taking an honest look at society prior to COVID. So this is before any of this actually happened that's happening at the minute. The quote is, when you've been told something once, you have been informed when you're told something again and again. You are being conditioned. 
you are now being programmed. This has been Midnight McBride. I hope you've enjoyed the show. There'll be a new show out every week. This show goes out on YouTube. Four days later, it then goes out as an audio podcast on Podbean, Spotify and iTunes. You can get my book on Amazon and loads of other places. It's also available as an audio book on Audible and ACX. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook. And you can also go to my website, midnightmcbride.com and you can catch me every Monday night on Solvent City Radio on 94.4 FM, 11 till 12 or midnight till midnight. Shalom. <laughs>